Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back. On this episode of the Partition Podcast, we're exploring the multifaceted world of swinging with Dan and Lacey of Swing Nation. Dan and Lacey are a non-monogamous married couple who host one of the highest rated lifestyle podcasts on Apple called the Swing Nation Podcast. If you're curious about swinging, then this episode is for you because today Dan and Lacey will be sharing personal stories, practical tips, and expert insights. So let's welcome Dan and Lacey to the show. Hello, Dan and Lacey. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're happy to be here with you. Well, I'm very excited that you guys are on the show because I'm excited to actually touch base on the basics and what everyone needs to know about swinging. So I want to start with a little bit about you and welcome you to the show and kind of your history and how you got into swinging. Absolutely. So um, we're Dan and Lacey of uh, the Swing Nation podcast. And uh, we've actually been in the lifestyle for a while. So me and Lacey have been swingers or non-monogamous for almost seven years now. And then about five years ago, we met in the swingers lifestyle. So we were both on uh, websites. I was traveling for work and I was in her town and she actually sent me a message and said, how are we both singles in the lifestyle and in the same town and not know each other? And um, I responded, well, I'm actually not from here, but I would like to get to know you if you'd like to get to know me. And then later that night, she showed up at my hotel room, and we've basically been inseparable ever since. Yeah, well, we didn't we didn't originally think we were going to date or be together. We just kind of were like, well, we'll just hook up and hang out when he's in town because he visited quite often. But he just couldn't get rid of me. I just always kept coming back. <laughs> so what pushed you guys to be kind of the leading voice and to make a splash and bring awareness to swinging? Well, we didn't really intend to. Um, I think that's kind of what makes our story kind of cool. We were almost 40, and so we didn't really know a lot about TikTok. I mean, we knew some. It was during, right after COVID, and where everybody was on TikTok. And we, you know, I used it, just scrolled, never made any videos. And Dan was like, let's, let's make a TikTok. And he told me to put a pair of earrings on and turn the, the pineapple upside down, which an upside down pineapple is a symbol for swinging. I did that and sent it to him, and that video hit 11 million views within just a few days. So very quickly, not only did we out ourselves, but basically everybody saw that video. Everybody saw it. So our family, our friends, our coworkers, and 11 other million people saw it too. So we never intended to have a podcast or a platform or anything. We just kind of stumbled into it. Absolutely. Now, I do have a question, actually, about the pineapple. How did that become the symbol of swinging? Or has that just always been the thing? Yeah, it, it's a whole story, and it's it's kind of heavily de- debated. But uh, the, the, the gist of it is um, a pineapple is used for, for hospitality, and that kind of goes back to when you used to have to sail across the ocean and go to an island to get a pineapple and then sail back across the ocean. It was like an expensive fruit, so rich people would offer it to their guests, and it was – you know, you were you were somebody if you could give pineapples to your guest, and so it kind of became this this ultimate symbol of hospitality if you were giving away pineapples, and then swingers have kind of adopted that because if you know 
if sharing a pineapple, an expensive pineapple with somebody is a sign of hospitality, certainly uh, sharing the most valuable thing to you, which is the partner that, that you love, it kind of goes hand in hand. So they, they kind of adopted the pineapple. And then if the pineapple is upside down, that means you're, you're actively seeking people to share with. But people come to us all the time. They're like, do you actually put a pineapple upside down your, your shopping cart and go around the grocery store and look for people? And the answer is absolutely not. We've put it upside down to make funny TikToks, but not to actually seek people out. Now with the internet, you don't have to go to those links to find people. You just go online. Like we've had people comment on our TikToks and say, I put my pineapple upside down and walked around the grocery store for an hour and nobody said anything to me. Well, they're not. <laughs> That's just not how it works anymore. Yeah, because I don't think it's, for my perspective, I didn't know what that actually, I know from what you guys have posted about the upside down pineapple, but I didn't know that beforehand. Yeah, and honestly, not all swingers really use that. You, we've met some swingers that don't embrace that at all. Others heavily embrace it. So it just kind of depends on who you meet. I mean, there's also a lot of other symbols too. Flamingos, gnomes, what else, Dan? White rocks. Um, oh, there's there's a bunch. A yeah. black ring on your right hand. Um, there's a lot of different things. So depending on the couple, probably where you are in the country is really what they use. Okay, so good to know. And would the flamingo also be upside down or is that something just right side up? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, think I don't even know where. The, I think that's a Florida thing yeah. um, that, that kind of got spread around. But obviously there's tons of people in Florida with flamingos in your yard that probably aren't swingers. So it's just kind of another one of those urban legends that maybe has a, a smidge of truth behind well, it Well, and there's also people that have, like pineapples that don't. Like we, right. again, get a lot of comments. My next door neighbor has a pineapple shirt. Do you think I should ask them if they're swingers? No, no. Now, like maybe if they have a hot tub, a smoking hot wife, they travel all the time, have it <laughs> upside down in the window, maybe then, maybe they might be swingers, but that doesn't necessarily mean they are. Absolutely. So just to get back to the basics of swinging. So what is swinging? Um, so it's again, uh, it's one of these umbrella terms, right? So swinging non-monogamy, swinging is kind of a form of non-monogamy. It's generally you share your partner with other people, you know, within that, some people just share their wives with other women, with other men. Some people, it's just a husband. Some people play together. Some people play separately. Um, but if you are non-monogamous and share your partner with others sexually, um, you're probably a swinger. And that includes threesomes. I don't think a lot of people realize that if you have a threesome, that is a form of non-monogamy and swinging. Well, that's a good valid point. And actually, I think that that needs to get put out more, actually. Yeah, it's funny. We've we've met several people that be like, I could never be a swinger, but my wife has a girlfriend and they're allowed to have sex. But we, we would, and it's like, well, that's kind of the same thing. Um, so yeah, there's definitely several you know, niches within the swinger community. But uh, if you're doing some kind of partner sharing, you would be considered part of the community. So if someone is looking to get into swinging, what would be the first thing that they need to really consider? I think they need to do their research. I don't think that's something that you can just jump into because once you've ripped that bandit off, there's really no going back. For some couples that works, but what if it doesn't and you've ruined your relationship? So I think just spending some time really getting to know what the lifestyle is, communicating with your partner about what you want out of this and what this looks like and what your boundaries are, I think is a great place to start. There's a lot of podcasts 
there's a lot there's a lot of information out there you might have to look for it because it's not it's just not readily available. You might have to do some digging to find it, but you definitely can. Like there's so many podcasts and every podcast has a different take on it. Like some might play separate, some play, might play together. You know, another podcast, the husband plays, but not the wife. So you're going to need to find what works for you. I think also joining some of the swinger websites that are out there and just look what other people are looking for and talking about those things is a good place to start because you might not know that there are things, you know, they might not even know what all is out there. You might not know what the options are. So I think that's another good place to start. Yeah, I think step one is definitely educating yourself. Um, and there are lots of, there's books, there's websites, there's there's all kinds of podcasts, um, there's all kinds of resources. And then it's two, it's kind of what Lacey was referring to is, you know, establish what you want to do. So talk to your partner about what your rules and what your boundaries are going to be. And then, you know, and then you got to get on a website or you got to come and attend a club and, and start interacting with the community. And, and definitely we always, you know, take baby steps is kind of our advice always, you know, talk about what you want to do go out and try a thing. And, you know, that thing might just be dancing with other people the first night at a club, you know what I mean? Uh, and then maybe the next weekend you try, maybe, okay, we're okay with kissing somebody else and, and kind of just baby stepping your way into the lifestyle. Now, there are people that go to a club for the first time and they do a full swap and they love it and <laughs> it's all good. Um, but some people do that and uh, end up divorced. So it's definitely, uh, you know, it depends on the individuals, but we always recommend taking it slow. Well, I like your point about even dancing with another person first and seeing how maybe that feelings, like what type of feelings is that invoking? Like, how do you feel watching your partner with someone else and taking really into account how you're feeling just with those processes? Because I do agree, Lacey, like some people might rush into it and then you can't go back. So you do have to kind of assess the small milestones before you get to those big ones. Yeah, because if you go to a club and your partner dances with someone and that makes you feel very jealous and you're uncomfortable, well, then you know right there, okay, if this is something I really want, I'm going to need to step back. I'm going to need to have to come to terms with why I'm feeling this way before you jump in even further. So I think it's it's really okay to just go very slow. And I think a lot of people are just so excited because they just want to fuck someone else. So they just jump all the way in. We've had friends that have taken them a year to fully swap with someone. And that is okay. And I think letting people know that it is okay to take your time. It's okay to do it. I don't want to say the right way, but the right way for you, I guess, is the correct way to say it. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you mentioned jealousy. So, yeah, that could definitely come up on someone. And there might be instances where someone might think, I'm not jealous. And then they do this and then jealousy comes up. And do you have any advice for someone that might be going through those emotions right off the bat? I mean, Dan and I still deal with jealousy because jealousy is a feeling. You know, it's just like being angry or sad. It's how you deal with the jealousy. It's how you talk through it. It's how you communicate to your partner how you're feeling is really the problem and how it can escalate super quickly. So I, I think just communicating. A lot of times if I am jealous, even if I sit down with Dan and say, this made me feel this way when this happened, even just speaking that makes me feel better rather than holding it in and then exploding when something else happens. Yeah, another thing I would say about the jealousy thing is we've come to found that when we're feeling jealousy, it's usually because something has triggered an insecurity within ourself. Um, so when we're doing things and participating in this lifestyle, 
generally, if I'm feeling jealous, it's because I've been triggered. An insecurity within myself has been triggered, right? That the guy that Lacey's, you know, dancing with has a six pack abs or he's got a giant dick or, you know, name the thing, right? Um, and so I think, it, you know, part of non-monogamy that can be healthy is when you're able to talk and communicate and work through those jealousies and insecurities, it, it really strengthens your core relationship. And just full transparency, it sounds from my understanding here and the really valid point of just not holding it in. Because a lot of people I think might think, oh, if I say I'm jealous or I'm having these negative feelings, maybe I might ruin the moment or I might ruin someone like their experience. And so it isn't about that. It's just being honest about what's going on. Yes, but you can also choose when you say it. So like if it's if you're just kind of feeling something and it's it's not so bad that you want to like ruin the night, you know, you might just hold it in until you're walking back to your room that night. Um, or even the next day, sometimes sleeping on it and really thinking about it will make you feel better. And then maybe the next day you communicate, this is how I felt. But now that I've slept on it, I feel a little bit better, but I still wanted to communicate that I was feeling this way. You know, if you hop up in the middle of sex and like start screaming, well, yeah, you're probably going to ruin everybody there's nine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are there any like rookie mistakes that people can make when they go into or misconceptions when they enter the swinging lifestyle? A ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Uh, the biggest one we always say is don't drink too much. So what, what happens often is when people go to their first um, club or, or, or meet a couple for the first time, they have all these nerve, nervous energy. And what people tend to do to overcompensate for that is, is turn to alcohol. Um, and then as you can imagine, if you have heightened states of emotions and then heightened levels of alcohol, that's just a recipe for disaster. So I would definitely say over drinking is a, is a big newbie kind of mistake. Yeah. Trying to maybe not being fully honest with couples. I think a lot of, you know, new couples will come to clubs and come to events and stuff and they don't want to be the new couple. They don't want anybody to know. So instead of being like, Hey, we're really new to this, you know, we're, we're taking baby steps, please. You know, they'll just, be like, oh yeah, we've we've been swingers for a while now, and and people don't realize, so you know, things can kind of get out, out of hand if you don't communicate your your boundaries and or really, you know, what what <laughs> your experience levels. Is there any other misconceptions about swinging that you just want to address to make sure that no one knows, just to iron those out? Misconceptions are that we sleep with everyone. Um, I think. A lot of people think that we go into these clubs and it's a free-for-all. There, That is not the case. It is 100% consent is a huge factor in this. And we choose who we want to engage with. And if someone approaches that we do not want to engage in, we simply say, no, thank you. Um, I think that they think that everyone has STDs and that that is a major issue. And it's actually not. Dan and I, one of our number one boundaries are we always use protection. It's a no-go if we run out of condoms or if we forgot our bag at home or anything like that. We would simply just not play. We're also tested every three months and we actually alternate months. So we really only go about 30 days without a updated test. And as a almost 40-year-old woman, I can tell you that prior to joining the lifestyle, I was never STD tested. It was just not something that was on my radar. And honestly, I probably wasn't using protection as much as we do now. So if anything, I feel like I'm a much safer individual in the lifestyle than I was just a single female just out there living life. 
um, any other misconceptions that you could think of? Yeah, I, I think everybody thinks swinging is all about the sex. Um, in reality, the sex is probably only about 10, 20% of it. You know, people go to these clubs and go to these events and stuff because they want to be around open-minded people. They want to be around, you know, people that are open about their sexuality. Uh, a lot of people go just to dress up and have fun and party with their friends. And, you know, there's not too many places you can go in your 30s, 40s, 50s and, and go dance and, and party and have fun with your friends. You know, most of the clubs um, here in our local community are full of <laughs> 18, 19, 20-year-olds. And so I think it's, you know, people think it's all about sex and it's all about fucking and it's just this big orgy free-for-all thing when really it's just a, a, a community of open-minded people who do, yes, are sexually open and, and enjoy having sex, um, but it's also about making connections and, and friendships and, and having good experiences as well. Absolutely. And to your point, Lacey, I do agree that even in my own experience before I got into a particular lifestyle, when it came to health, it wasn't something that was really on the radar until I started getting into power exchange relationships and things like that. And that's when I realized that, yeah, the more single life, it's not really on people's radar when it comes to health and SDI checks and things like that. It's just kind of go out, party, take someone home. But then when you're in the lifestyle, it's like, no, there are some things and it is to protect ourselves as well as the person that we're having sex with. Correct. We play with a lot of friends. Um, we don't typically do a whole lot of like one night seances. It happen occasionally. Yes. But the vast majority of our play sessions are with people that we've known for months, years. And I also want to protect them. I don't want them to get something from me. I don't want to have to make a phone call to them and say, guess what, this is what happened, I need you to go get tests. That would be humiliating for me, and I would feel so bad. And so not only do I want to protect myself and my husband, but I wanted to protect my friends as well. Absolutely. Now, is there any type of person that shouldn't get into swinging, or is this something that really is open to everyone, or is there qualities that you really need to have when entering this lifestyle? I think it's open to anyone if you're willing to put in the work. I think a lot of people think that, and probably more so men, and I hate to be judgmental of men, but I think they think, oh, I want to hook up with someone else. I want to have sex with someone else. And they don't realize that this actually is a lot of work. Swinging is not easy. We have to communicate about everything. And you also have to be prepared that if you want to fuck someone else, your wife may will also be doing that and they're probably going to make noises and make sounds that you've never heard them make with you and you have to be prepared for that so i think that's important going into this i think a lot of people just think that it's all about like hooking up and having fun and it is but there's so much more to it it requires a lot of work and a lot of self-growth no yeah I, I couldn't agree with more that more uh you know i think a few things on who is this for um I definitely want to hit on it's it's for anybody. We don't care what your your sexual orientation is. We don't care what your skin color is. We don't care what your income level is. Um, you know these this community, this, these groups, these clubs, um, they want all, all people to come out and, and participate. And then secondly to that, if you are looking to turn to swinging because you have issues or problems in your relationship and you think that somehow being sexually active with other people is going to fix problems that you have within your own relationship. That's not going to happen. It'll probably um, just magnify right, it. Yeah. Right. Any cracks that you have in your own foundation are only going to be exposed and, and made worse by uh, participating in this lifestyle. So you really have to have a solid core um, before you go and explore and, and engage in this. But uh, 
if you do have that, it can be a very positive experience. Absolutely. And I, I think the trust needs to be there and the transparency and just, and it can change. And I think that um, from my understanding that like, even if you do outline things and you do meet somebody, just have, give a little bit of lenience because every single couple is going to be different and every interaction might be different because we're all different and not the same. Yeah, no, 100%. It, it, this, you know, non-monogamy swinging, it's, it's a huge umbrella in the way that kind of, I guess, like um, BDSM and kink is that people engage in this lifestyle in all types of different ways. You know, some people play only together. Some people play separate. Sometimes it's only, you know, a hot wife or the wife that plays with people. And so having that respect for other people to learn what their limits and what their boundaries are and what they're into and what they're not into and then respecting those um, is, is really important. Now, when you're entering your first swinging, I guess, event, are there like red flags that someone should look out for within this community? A hundred percent. One, I like to see a couple that love each other and are engaged with each other. We've seen couples that barely even like glance at each other. And to me, that's a red flag. Like I want you to be in love and enjoying this experience together. Um, That's a red flag. What else? Overly drinking is a red flag. No, there's a lot. Yeah. And if, you know, I think, you know, there's all kinds of different, you know, places and spaces and groups that host events and stuff out there. You definitely want to find, you know, one that you feel comfortable in. We tend to go to the ones where they uh, push inclusivity, you know, including all people, all sexual orientations. We also tend to go to the ones um, that really push consent, you know, and, uh, and, and enforce that. You know, if you go to a place and you see, you know, people start grabbing your ass or, or you know, kind of sloppy and, and touching you without asking and things like that, that's probably not a place you, you want to be. But, but I would say for the most part, the vast majority of the clubs and events that we've attended are, are very positive and, and, and are including of all people and, and really push that consent. Wonderful. Now you used to term full swap. Now, are there other types of terminology within the swinging that I think I've seen like soft swap and um, it might be one. And is there, can you explain a little bit what that is and other terminologies that someone would need to know? So full swap is basically everything. You're going to actually have sex with the other couple. Soft swap would be everything minus penetration. Uh, what else? Hot wife is typically a wife that plays either with or without her husband. So either he is not there at all or maybe he's there but just watching. What other terms, Dan? Uh, what's a unicorn? A single female in the lifestyle. A bull? Single male in the lifestyle. Um, I'm trying to think of any. A dragon is a single male in the lifestyle that is bisexual. A dragon, yeah, I haven't heard that one. That's cool. The dragon and unicorn. I've heard unicorn, but not dragon. Yeah, I think that's more of like a West Coast thing because that's not something that we had heard of prior to being public. And a lot of people came and told us that, and now we hear it a lot more often. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But yeah, there's, but a, the, there's but like there are, a ton. Of there words. are a lot of terms. Yeah, and it's. It's one of the, you know, go listen to a podcast. Uh, there, there are websites that, that have kind of these glossaries of terms listed out. Um, but it's something to educate yourself on. And, and it's really not if somebody uses a term, if you, you know, attend an event or you're talking to somebody and they use a term that you're not familiar with, just simply asking, hey, what is, can you what is, clarify that for me? What does that mean? And, and people will be happy to do that. I'll also say some of these terms, 
aren't always universal. You know, some people say a unicorn is a bisexual female, and some people say, well, no, she doesn't have to be bisexual. Make sure you ask. So, so the good good rule of thumb is to ask what they. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, I like the soft swap because I really do think that they're one of the misconceptions that I, I feel that I have heard is that it is just about sex and they don't consider like dancing or like these smaller baby step things to be that. And I think that's very important. And that's a good starting place to start with is the dancing. I do mm-hmm. like that example. Yeah, dancing, uh, kissing, uh we even there's there's a term called parallel play, which means you know you have sex with your partner on a bed while somebody else has sex with their partner on a bed. So you're not actually even touching each other. You're just having sex and maybe in the same room with another couple. Um, there's so many things that you can do kind of to explore this this realm without necessarily penetrative sex with somebody else. So if I was looking to go to my first event, is there a specific website that I should check out or how would I go around finding my first event? Yeah, so that's that's always the <laughs> kind of the question. Yeah, so there, there are lots of websites out there. Um, the kind of the big three are sdc.com, um, sls.com, and then cassidy.com are kind of the big three. Um, and then there, there's several other spinoffs. Uh, honestly, you know, join one of those they seem to be um regional you can you can if you listen to our podcast if you go to um, theswingnation.net we actually have free trial rank links for all three of those um so you can you go you can get signed up for you know maybe a couple see which ones work best for you in your area and then once you get on one of those websites they'll list the clubs the hotel takeover groups and and kind of the functions that are happening within your area on those websites and that's a good way to connect with people And how would you prepare when you're going into it? Like say my partner and I wanted to go, is there things that we should bring or how do we ice break it to somebody when you do see a couple that you want to swing with? It's kind of hard because you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone and talk to people. If you've been married for any amount of time, you're probably out of practice. And usually in a couple, one or both are introverted and not super comfortable having those conversations anyway so unfortunately you just have to push yourself you have to talk to people if you go and stand in the corner and expect people to approach you you might be disappointed you actually have to put in the work and really get to know other people and make a move yeah and the other thing uh, so i'll say is when you start looking at clubs and events like that you'll notice almost all swinger parties or some kind of theme party um, so they'll, you know, it'd be like um, white dress night or glow night or uh, there's all kinds of themes. So if you're attending a party, you can dress in that theme or you can just attend in like kind of like cocktail wear. Is yeah, that what just you whatever say? makes you feel the sexiest. Uh, and, and so that, you know, that's what you would wear. And people ask us that all the time. Um, and then, yeah, it's basically what a, a swingers event is, whether it's a hotel takeover or a club or something like that. It's dancing and drinks for, you know the first half of the night, then usually around 10, 11 midnight, you'll see couples will start to break off and go into the back rooms. And so most of these events have some kind of play space where there's 
bedrooms um, tends to be a mix of private rooms where, where you can close the door and public rooms, which are big, like, you know, orgy type spaces. Uh, and couples will start breaking off and go into those areas. So if you met a couple and you were dancing with them and you would hit it, hit it off with them, you would simply be like, hey, would you guys like to go to the playroom? And they're going to say, yeah, yes. Or they're going to say, you know, no, thanks. We're good for tonight. Or And uh, you, you'd go or you wouldn't go. Um, you can also just exchange information and, and chat with them further uh, and work up to that. I mean, there, there's all kinds of things to or do. You could go by yourself like me and dan even we were on a swingers cruise last week two nights out of the seven we just went by ourselves to the playroom and just had sex with people watching and just hearing the other noises and that itself can be super hot and i don't want to like discredit from that because that is a very enjoyable experience for me at least was for me too (laughs) for the record well, a cruise, yeah. Can you explain? Like, can you dive into a little bit of what to expect if someone was to go on a swingers cruise and how that experience was kind of like? Because I actually think that that is so exciting. That sounds so much fun. What you guys went on? Well, this is, was our very first one, so we really didn't know what to expect. But it is very similar to kind of what Dan just explained as far as like a club night, except for it's an all day thing. So for the most part, during the day, anything indoors, you have to be clothed. Um, so anything indoors was pretty normal cruise. Um, you you know you had the buffets and the dinners and all that, but and then but by the pool you could be nude or topless, but there was no like sexual activity. You had to I mean they had some pool games and stuff like that that kind of like pushed the lines, but nobody was actually doing any kind of sexual acts or anything like that. It's more just nudity. But on the cruise ship they do have playrooms, so they have ones that are like close off and then they had playrooms that were in a solarium which was like a glass top and it was actually really cool they had like dan said before some playrooms that were closed off more open areas um you could always just take a couple back to your room which was completely fine so during the day they had classes so any kind of subject that you wanted to dive into more you could go to a class on they had speed dating what else did they have? And then at night, they had very similar to the club that Dan explained. So dancing, uh, like theme parties. And then at some point, you would either go to a playroom, go back to your room, or whatever you choose. That was the perfect explanation. Yeah. So it's basically, it, it was basically a sw- you know, they just took over an entire ship and, and did what swingers do at most hotel takeovers and stuff. Just kind of on a grander scale for seven days at sea. That's so exciting. Well, I think that it's it's such an intimate thing and it can bring up between couples when they are first going into it. It can be a little nervous. And it, is there, you know, instances where people get cold feet and then they just realize that they just don't want to do it? And how would you, you know, leave on that instance? Or maybe their couple or their partner is doing something and they get really like really, really not okay with it. What examples or advice would you give to them? Yeah, so there definitely is couples that get cold feet. I don't know how many top couples we've talked to that um, have come to one of our events or come to a club or something like that, and they say, like, this is the third time we've came here, and this is the first time we actually made it through the door. You know what I mean? They, they'll drive into the parking lot and then, then kind of chicken out. Um, um, and that happens, and that's, that's completely normal. It, you know, this is – especially, you know, if you've lived a monogamous lifestyle for, you know, the majority of her, your life, the idea of this is, is scary. Now, what I will say is once you walk through the door and actually start to meet people, swingers are some of the nicest, kindest, open-minded people that you'll, you'll probably ever experience. 
it's weird how when you put a bunch of people together and sex is kind of on the table, how nice people are. I mean, everybody puts their definitely puts their best foot uh, forward and, and, you know, are super friendly. And so I think, you know, that's good to know that this is an inviting space and, and people are going to be kind to you. Now, if you engage, so if you go to a playroom with a couple or somebody and you it ever gets to a point where you do need to step away, you can just simply do that or say that, hey, we need to take a break. Hey, we need to go get some water. Hey, we need to go to the bathroom. Um, and you can exit the situation and, and have a conversation with your partner uh, or even saying something like, hey, we need to step away for a minute. I need to talk to my partner. Um, you know, people will respect that. I mean, we all get that this is a kind of a high emotion, high energy situation and that things happen and people can get uncomfortable and that's that's okay. Um, and just simply stating that is fine. And if you said, hey, I just need to go get a drink of water, you know, I'm, Lacey's going to come with me, you know, it's excuse we for just a minute. need a minute. We need, yeah. we need a minute. Uh, people would be like, okay, yeah, uh, take all the time you need, you know, and it wouldn't be, it can feel awkward and you might feel like you're, you know, letting people down or something like that, but it's definitely perfectly acceptable in, in that situation. I feel like almost another like word of advice, like maybe have like a sentence or I feel like if I were to go, I'd have like a, a sentence or a word kind of like my yellow zone. Like if I say this sentence, like I need a minute and it kind of gives some pressure off of you of saying like, hey, just come here if I kind of like a safe word, but a safe sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people have a safe word or a safe sentence. It's very common, especially when you're new. A lot of people have that. Dan can read me at this point. So if, he, if I'm not okay he is aware that I'm not okay. Um, but there are times where I have to get his attention and be like, hey, come here, you know, and then I can, we can like kiss and I, or I could somehow let him know that I'm not okay. So it, it happens very often. Yeah, no, it definitely. There, there are couples that have pretty elaborate um, code words and signals and nonverbal cues and, and all that stuff. And that's, that's perfectly acceptable. I think my only, you know, uh, advice on that would be is make, the less the simpler they are and less complicated the easier they are because we do hear stories all the time of people trying to give a word or a cue and people misinterpreting it and things like that so if you're going to come up with something like that for your partner uh, the, the the most uh, less complicated the better in that situation i think there's that term like keep it simple stupid kiss or something like that that's what i used to hear <laughs> Well, when well when it comes to swinging, it might be similar to BDSM and kink. Now, sometimes people are a little bit hesitant to admit that they're into BDSM and kink. And would you find that that's the same mentality or same kind of, I guess, fear or concerns that people have uh, when saying I, I'm a swinger? Yeah. So there's definitely um, the stigma within the community. You know, within you know, um, just society about swinging. So there's not too many, you know, me and Lacey are fully public about being swingers. You know, we have a huge platform and basically everybody we know knows that we are, but that's, that's, we are <laughs> kind of a, a very rarity within the community. Most people, they, they keep it under wraps. They don't tell people, um, they're, you know, people have lost jobs and have had child custody cases, um, when being outed as swingers. So there, there definitely is the societal, um, part of this. Um, but then also just, you know, going to your partner and saying, I want to explore this can be intimidating as well. Because, you know, what most people hear is when they go to their partner and say, I want to have sex with other people, your partner's immediate response is going to be, well, it's because I'm not, I'm not enough, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not giving you everything you need. And this is why you're seeking that. Um, so when we talk to couples, and when we give advice on this, we, we definitely say, hey, if you're going to have a conversation with your partner, instead of I want to have sex with somebody else, 
maybe say something more like, I'd like to explore our fantasies together. What fantasies do you have um, and how can we make them happen and how can we explore them together? Uh, I think it's definitely a, a better way of pr- approaching it than saying, I want to do this um, because it kind of puts your partner at the they're not good enough um, mindset. I actually, I think that's a very valid and very like thoughtful thing to say because I do think that it can strike up a bit of insecurities in the other partner. And so how we deliver this is also something that's important that people should say and not just like blurting it out because it can be misinterpreted to a performance issue. And so when you are bringing up to your partners, do you have any other types of advice that you would give them when opening up this conversation for the first time? Yeah, we, we definitely do the let your partner kind of take the lead. So if if you think you're the one that's, you know, more interested in, in, in swinging in non-monogamy, um, you know, approach your partner with what their fantasies and, and what maybe they're interested in and then, you know, work with them to help fulfill that. And then once you kind of start dabbling in this realm and, and have a few ex- experiences, I think what we've seen for the most part is it becomes less and less scary, right? So if like your partner's fantasy, you know, if I approach Lacey and be like, what was your fantasy? And she's like, oh, well, I've always had this fantasy of having two guys, right? And it's like, well, let's see if we can make that happen, right? And we, you know, we go through all the steps. We get on a website, we meet some guy and we have an experience. She then realizes like, oh, we just had a threesome with this guy and I liked it and it felt good and I don't want to leave my husband and I'm not in love with this guy. It was just a fun experience. And, you know, once you have one or two of those, um, you can kind of realize, hey, this isn't as threatening to our relationship as maybe I initially thought it was. And then most couples that we experience and, and, and come into this lifestyle, they start in the with all kinds of rules, like no kissing and no orgasming with somebody else. And, you know, they have a laundry list of rules. And then the more comfortable they get and the more experiences they have, they kind of start to take those rules away, kind of peel back the onion and get a little more open and minded to exploring uh, more and more as they go. Well, I think that's also something too. another like stigma or some sort of misconception is that when you get into swinging, somebody's going to automatically leave the other person. Yeah, but why would they? (laughs) You know, that's what we joke about all the time. Like, why would we want to be with someone else when we can be with each other? We can have our life and we can have this home and like the sense of family, but and we can still get to explore all of our kinky fantasies together as a couple. It seems like kind of crazy, in my opinion, to go seek something else when we have kind of basically everything together. Yeah, we get that a lot, right? Like the only reason you're doing this is because it's like an excuse to cheat on your partner and things like that. And, you know, my response to always to that is there's more to me and my wife's relationship than just sex. If you're in a relationship and the primary reason you're in that relationship is sex, I think you're in that relationship for the wrong reasons, right? So swinging for me and Lacey is us exploring our fantasies together, right? It's us playing, right? Like, you know, you kind of talked about um, intentional play, right? This is me and Lacey's way to go have fun and, and play with each other and other and our friends. Um, and we're very intentional about it. We're very safe about it. You know, we have clear limits, rules, boundaries that we communicate uh, not only with each other but with the partners we engage with. And, and it's very, it's very fun for us. It's very um, uplifting and, and a positive experience. Now, have there been bad times? Hundred percent, right? I've made mistakes. She's made mistakes. We've had other partners that have you know done things that we weren't comfortable with. So it definitely is a roller coaster, and, and things can happen. And you know, we kind of deal with those situations as they come. But ultimately. 
Lacey's my partner. She's the one I want to share my life with. She's the one I share my house with. We, we own businesses together. We have children. Um, you know, and this is just sex. It's just uh, us exploring fantasies together and it enhances our relationship, not takes away from it. Absolutely. I think anything that comes to really putting our fantasies out there because you don't want to take away from your partner at all. And I think that this is something that you can do together as long as there's, of course, communication. I think that, of course, when it comes to sex, communication is key. But do you have, like, when you're mixing another couple and say something has a fallout, is there any advice that you have, like, say, maybe a couple and a couple that were doing things together and then things just split off? Um, Any advice if something were to happen there? Yeah, so it happened. So, you know, you got to think. The funny thing about swinging is, is it, it isn't easy, right? So if you think about all the the th- issues that come up when you're dating as a single person, right? All those uh, interpersonal communication issues that can happen between you and a single partner. Um, when you're engaging in this lifestyle, you're doing those same things, but with four people, right? So getting four people on the same page and able to connect is a very difficult thing. It's not, it's not as easy as people would think. And then, you know all the issues that can arise in normal relationships can arise in those same relationships that, that you have with other couples. Sometimes relationships just run their course. You, you, you run into differences or differences of, of opinions or different wants and different needs. And when that happens, you know, you just kind of, you separate and, and hopefully you can do that, you know, respectfully as, as adults and, 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 you know, not have conflict, but sometimes conflict happens. Uh, I think ultimately for me and Lacey, it's, we always put our partner first, right? So it's, it's about me and Lacey, uh, and I'm always going to put her needs and wants and desires in our relationship above anything else. Um, and you know, we try to work with other couples when we find indifferences or, you know, find, you know, when conflict arises and things like that. Um, but ultimately if, you know, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And we, we go our separate ways. And as long as I have my partner, that's, that's really all that matters. Yeah. And I think we're just being just mature about it. I think that there does need to be a level of maturity when you are entering anything when it comes to sex, because it can be, and it is quite vulnerable. And, uh, do you feel that sometimes people enter into this kind of with a naivety or immaturity and it just kind of crashes at their feet? Well, I think people just jump in without doing the research. They haven't communicated. And I think in those cases, they do just kind of crumble because they haven't put in the work to make it be successful. Absolutely. So what is the key takeaway that you really, really want people to know about swinging? Um, it's not what you think it is, right? It's, it's, it's not all sex and orgies and you know it's not a bunch of perverts trying you know just sex crazed um people it's it's really you know responsible adults you know we we have a there's a lot of nurses a lot of doctors a lot of lawyers um your neighbors are probably coming to these parties and attending these events um teachers at your kids your kids teachers that we might be you know we've run into all types of people um that that engage in this And, and most of them are very responsible adults that just have um, kinks and, and wants and desires and, and, and they use this as an outlet um, to explore those things. And, and they're really good people. I mean, this community is, is so uplifting. It's so open-minded. You know, the support that we see people have for each other. You know, it, you see, you know, people get sick and people raise money for it. You know, people, there these events and these clubs are always raising money for charity and giving toys and, and doing all kinds of things. This really is a community within the community. 
and I think, you know, up until this point, they've kind of been forced to be underground and, and, you know, risk, there's a lot of risk to, to being outed. I hope one day that, 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 you know, that us as a society can be a little more open-minded and that this community maybe can kind of come to the light a little bit more. Um, but I think if, you know, the biggest stigma that I would say is that there's nothing wrong with non-monogamous people. They're, they're good people. Um, and it's, it's a lot of people that you probably know that are participating. When it comes to anything with like sex and all that jazz, I feel like outing is something that it's unfortunate because it can be used as a tool against somebody, but it's something that you do still have to be honest with yourself and what you're looking for. So when it comes to the Swing Nation podcast, what's next for you? Any big plans or anything like that coming up? Uh, yeah, we always have big plans. So in, 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 uh, 2024, we have about one event, um, per month. So we're, we're traveling the country and hosting, uh, events at different clubs and resorts. And we're, we're going to Jamaica and we're probably going to probably going to do a, a cruise again. So definitely if, if you're interested in, in, uh, non-monogamy and swinging and you'd like to come to an event, uh, come check us out. Uh, you can find all our information on, on uh, the swingnation.net swingnation.net has links to basically everything that we do all of our social media and, and stuff like that but yeah I think you know me and Lacey have gotten more into to the advocacy thing we're working with organizations like open and NCSF and and trying to you know put legal measures in place to protect our community so we're going to continue that that advocacy work we're going to continue to host events and provide safe um, places for people within the community that want to to get together and explore and 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 have you know that that sense of community and camaraderie and, and actually be able to get together and, and and do things and then you know we we have a discord channel so if you're if you're familiar with discord it's a, it's a, a chat platform and we have i think something like 32 33,000 people on our in a part of our discord community so it's definitely a great place if you're interested in learning more or exploring or asking questions um, we have um, a whole host of people on there that are in different leadership roles. And we have admins and moderators and people that will help answer your questions if you have them. So definitely check out. You can find the link for that on our website. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue to do our thing and, and spread our message and make fun TikToks and tour different clubs and, and kind of really just show people what this, this community is all about. Absolutely. And I'll make sure to put all the links in the description in the podcast episode so people can find you easily. But yes, thank you so much for coming on the show and listening where my listeners can find you. And thank you again. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you having us. Wonderful. And for my listeners, I will see you on Wednesday. And as always, stay kinky. Stay kinky.